Reality is a topic that is hotly debated in spiritual, religious, psychological, and philosophical communities. Keep in mind that because people have dedicated their entire life to the study of just the concept of reality, the capacity to really sum up reality and all of the different philosophies around it in the time I have today for this video is unlikely. However, I've never been one to back down from a challenge of unpacking a difficult concept. So without much further ado, let's dive into reality and why it is so important to face it. Reality is defined as the universe or the state of things as they actually exist, as opposed to an idealistic or notional idea of them. Something that is real is something that actually exists as a thing or occurring in fact, not imagined or supposed. Here we run into several roadblocks already. Whoever came up with this definition of what real is had a real hard time understanding that there is such a thing as physical reality and non-physical reality. These were people who were heavily locked into the concept of the world as separate from them and as thought being incredibly separate from what is real. They were also completely locked into the idea that the only thing that is quote-unquote real is the physical plane of existence. <laughs> we would love to think of our senses of perception, things like sight and smell and hearing and felt perception, to be something that can grasp objective reality. However, the truth couldn't be further from this. We know this because there are x-rays and gamma rays and all kinds of different radio waves that are passing through our body all day long and you have no awareness of it. In fact, you have no way to prove it, do you? You just listen to what scientists have said. Here's another example. Let's look at touch. Particles are attracted to particles with an opposite charge. They repel other similarly charged particles. This prevents electrons from ever coming in direct contact with each other. You are made of particles. When you pick up a pen, the electrons within your body are repelling the electrons that make up the pen. Because of your nerve cells, when you feel this repulsion in the electromagnetic field, you perceive yourself to be touching the thing. But actually, you aren't. Unless an organism is doing some kind of deep philosophical introspection, it's highly unlikely that an organism is going to grasp the concept that reality is beyond what it can perceive. I'll tell you a little story to give you an example of this. I was hiking one day in the desert and I got into a stream. And in the stream there was this crayfish. I sat down in the water and I watched this crayfish examine my legs for 30 minutes. It was different than most animals exploring something they've never seen before. I think this was the closest that a crustacean has ever come to an existential crisis. The point being, in his world, I was an extraterrestrial being because his reality was that stream. He could not grasp a human world beyond his world of that river. It just never occurs to us that when it comes to reality, we might just be that crayfish. <laughs> objective reality is the amalgamation of every subjective reality. In other words, when they're all added together, it forms one truth or one reality within the universe. It is therefore not possible to comprehend of objective reality as long as you are identified with your subjective reality. 
Of course, we can get into a debate about whether or not it's possible to truly disidentify. I think you know which side I am on in terms of that argument. <laughs> However, that is something that you have to understand. As long as you are identified with a subjective reality, there is no way to grasp objective reality. And number two, grasping objective reality is dependent upon you being able to expand your perception and perspective wide enough to accommodate all subjective realities. This is what source mind ultimately is, assuming the definition of source is all energy and therefore consciousness in existence. Subjective reality is something being perceived as real that is solely based on a person's individual and subjective perspective. This includes individual experiences, feelings, thoughts, needs, desires, preferences, and opinions. If you are identified, the only reality you can perceive is subjective reality. In order to get beyond subjective reality, you have to transcend beyond I. You have to be able to accommodate all subjective perspectives, not just yours. As identified human beings, we have the capacity to perceive just about enough to let us get through our environment, but not enough in our limited human perspective, when we haven't committed to awareness, to grasp the full picture. Now, we have to differentiate between um, objective reality and a consensus reality, because a consensus reality is in fact just a subjective perspective. A perfect example of this is religions. It's a group of people who have all agreed upon a certain reality, but all of those people are sharing a subjective perspective. It doesn't represent the totality of consciousness in existence relative to any subject. When someone says you have to accept reality, what's usually happening there is not that somebody is arguing for the case of objective reality. Instead, what they're saying is you are not an objective reality because you're so identified with your own perspective, you're not um, accommodating my subjective perspective. When we're having this conversation about reality, the first thing we have to address is the concept or philosophy that there is no such thing as reality. There are a lot of people who say that reality is not a thing that exists or that reality is in the eyes of the beholder. People who support the idea of non-reality, including many quantum scientists, argue that there's no such thing as objective reality because every possible observation or interpretation is tainted by subjectivity and therefore does not constitute truth. Many of them teach that nothing is real because nothing exists until it is observed or measured. This concept is supported by things like the double slit experiment. To simplify this concept, until we observe reality, it exists as a wave of potentials and probabilities. The funny thing is, is that even these non-reality concepts prove the existence of an objective reality. <laughs> Why? Because even a statement like, the truth is everything exists just as a wave of potential, and therefore reality only exists when we focus on it, would in and of itself be considered an objective truth, and therefore something that is objectively real. <laughs> an objective reality exists whether a subjective reality is capable of perceiving of that objective reality or not. That's a different thing entirely. <clears throat> there are many constraints when it comes to perceiving objective reality. Constraints like biology, awareness, belief patterns, coping mechanisms, etc. To understand more about these concepts, though, I urge you to watch my video titled Objective Truth, Do We Create Our Own Reality? It is critical to decide when we're talking about reality in general, whether we're talking about objective reality or subjective reality. 
I'll let you guys argue about whether it is even possible, by the way, to have a conversation about objective reality. If the conversation itself is taking place in a language that is happening when somebody is identified with a singularity. <laughs> oh, it's going to get too complicated. That being said, both objective reality and subjective reality are actually really valid and important levels of reality. <laughs> Here's what I mean by that. When I'm sitting here and teaching somebody how to line up with their individual truth and how to um, become aware of their thoughts and their emotions, we're dealing with a subjective reality there. That's valid and important. So it's not like we're saying objective reality is the only thing that matters. No. But something like breaking outside of your own subjective reality and the thought constraints that cause you a lack of freedom, that's stepping more in the direction of potential objective reality, because the more you accommodate different perspectives, the more close you get to objective reality, right? So when we are dealing with spiritual awareness and awakening, we're actually working equally with both. We're trying to integrate subjective and objective reality. To say, I create my own reality is true in terms of subjective reality. It's not as true when it comes to objective reality, and let me tell you why. It is to use the spiritual truth of creation and perception to deny objective reality for the sake of individual preferences. Because all things in existence are part of source and therefore are imbued with the innate capacity to create, you can create reality. But so can everyone else. Because source is currently fragmented, objective reality is therefore a co-creation. This means you're not the only one creating objective reality. Also, objective reality must accommodate for contradictory truths because this universe is multidimensional, and a truth that exists at one dimension of this universe doesn't exist at another. The most common example of this that I can give to you is, at one level of existence there is no death. Energy does not die, it is not created, it literally is simply recycled. Obviously, that's not true for the physical dimension, is it? How easy was it for you to perceive grandma after she died? So, at one level of existence, death is a reality. At another level of existence, it's not a reality. Both are part of objective reality. That means the objective reality in this universe is death exists, it also doesn't exist. The main goal of awakening is to become more and more aware. What that really means is more and more able to accommodate every subjective reality so that the amalgamation of it results in these truths that stand for all dimensions of time and space, or the capacity to present and hold contradictory information. Believe it or not, but free will is only possible with genuine awareness, because when we're not in a space of awareness, we can't make choices. We're actually acting as a result of determinism. Therefore, stepping into objective reality is where you actually find your access to free will. As we progress down the path of awareness and awakening, then our perspective must become more and more accommodating. That includes accommodating of the truth that all of us must accept that we don't know what we don't know. Now, because we have hit the tip of the iceberg of the debate about reality, we need to go into the more practical aspects of reality because it's absolutely critical. Now, in the spiritual communities and the self-help communities, it's a really, really, really big shadow that people deny reality. And these teachings and philosophies around non-reality, meaning I create my own reality, or reality doesn't exist until you observe it, has become 
a huge cop-out or escape mechanism for people from looking at what is real for themselves and in the world around them. If we grow up in particularly powerless situations as a child, and childhood is innately powerless, but for some of us we had parents that were, let's say, less accommodating of our reality than others, then we perceive this powerlessness about facing reality. When we face reality, it feels like we can't change anything about it, so it's better to just ignore it. For this reason, I want you to look at a video that I created. It's called Overlay. What prevents you from having a real relationship? Basically, if we feel like there's a situation we can't do anything about and we can't proactively change, then what's the point of facing the reality and being miserable about it all the time? Why not just pretend it to be different? Reality, as it applies to this practical level of reality, is in fact your only access of power. Many of the spiritual practices people engage in today are a mechanism of reality avoidance instead of practices that create an expansion of subjective reality. For example, let's say I can't face the reality that I'm in a really incompatible relationship for me and because of it, it feels like crap to us both. It's a lot better that I don't face that. And now what I do is focus on the fact that I'm in a twin flame relationship. And twin flame relationships are extreme growth relationships. That's why we're hurting so much. It's only by seeing the reality of how someone feels, accepting where they really are, that we can actually do something to remedy a conflict between us. It's only if we see the reality that our gas gauge on our car is empty that we can stop and fill it up with gas. Here's another example. Imagine that you're in love with somebody, but they died. <laughs> Let's say you're not able to see that reality or you refuse to see it. And so you prop that person up at the end of the table. You set a plate of food down in front of them. You're still loving on them, still kissing them, still expecting them to have a conversation. You can see that that's not going to go well for you. Now stick with me. You're going to have to accept the reality is that that person is dead to have any power. Why? Because even if it was possible to bring someone back from the grave, I know those of you who are into magic and stuff like that, even spells are going to be like, well, it's anything's possible. You can bring people back. Okay, so here's the thing. In order to even do something like that, if you could, to bring them back from the dead, you would have to first admit to the reality that they are dead. And if it is not possible to bring a person back from the dead, then your only access of power would be to accept that and then act accordingly. So either way, your only access of power is by accepting reality. For another analogy, imagine you're in a boat in a river headed towards a waterfall. It's obvious that your only access of power is to accept the reality that you're headed towards a waterfall and to act accordingly by getting your boat out of the water. If you refuse to see this reality, you're going over. This is part of why it is so important to get closer to objective reality by accommodating other people's subjective realities. One of the things that I see in families relative to this practical aspect of not accepting reality so often is that people in a family won't accept other family members' reality of how they feel. It's almost like, well, you shouldn't feel that way, and so I'm not going to acknowledge that that's the reality of how you feel. But the thing is, is that if you're refusing to acknowledge the reality that that's how the other person feels, then you are the one, in fact, not in objective reality, because your reality is not accommodating of their perspective and their perception.
You can only make a genuine change from inside reality. Therefore, I am actually opposed, very opposed, to these teachings around you create your own reality, so ignore reality and focus only on what you want to have happen. Intentional focus and the intentional and conscious creation of reality absolutely has a place in your life and in your spiritual practice. However, it should never replace your commitment to seeing objective reality and subjective reality. As far as subjective reality is concerned, different perceptions lead to completely different experiences of the reality that we individually interpret and accept as truth. Thankfully, subjective perspective is mutable as hell. It is constantly being amended. It is constantly being changed. One single experience can change the reality that you perceive in this universe. And that is perhaps the most valuable aspect of awakening. The most valuable aspect of becoming aware. It's that you can continue to alter and continue to expand your subjective reality. It's also a good thing that subjective reality is so incredibly mutable. Because the universe itself, in terms of collective consciousness, is the most interested right now in taking each subjective perspective within itself and expanding it to accommodate the whole. Now you know that the universe fragmented. That means objective reality fragmented into multiple subjective realities. If each one of these subjective realities expands wide enough to perceive objective reality, meaning each other fragment within itself, then source has come to know itself, which would be the goal of life in general. Think of it like consciously putting all of the puzzle pieces together and so that you can comprehend the entire picture, which we never quite saw on a conscious level to begin with. Creating your subjective reality consciously is super healthy as long as it is not done to the exclusion of other subjective perspectives, which is the exact opposite of awareness. Basically what I'm saying here is there's a lot of ideas floating around the spiritual community that there is somehow some contradiction between awareness and creating your own reality. Now what I'm going to argue is that these are the concepts that need to be integrated. We need to be willing to create our own reality at the same time as have complete awareness. At one level of reality, because everything in this universe was created, then everything is just as much illusion as everything is just as much truth. <laughs> At one level of reality in this universe, everything in existence is just atoms, and beyond that, just particles. Therefore, it's not very dangerous for particles to be swimming around with other particles. At another dimension of truth, it's not particularly safe for you to be swimming around convinced that you're swimming with fish because of how painful it would be to be swimming around with sharks. That would be scary, right? Don't want to face that reality. But let me tell you what, pretty important if you're swimming in an ocean to know whether you're swimming with fish or with sharks. <laughs> so face reality. It's not a contradiction to creating your reality. Have a good week.